Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Shap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. We partner with you to deliver high-yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top-quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. Well, football season is getting close, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for the football coaches to put their golf clubs up and start concentrating on getting their teams ready for their season. Last week at the SEC Football Media Days in Atlanta, Georgia, I had the chance to sit down with Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz. Eli grew up in Arkansas, Alma, Arkansas, as a matter of fact. He was born in Norman, Oklahoma on April the 12th, 1983. He graduated from Arkansas Tech in 2004. He was an assistant coach at Alma High School in 2005 before becoming the offensive coordinator at Springdale High School and then the quality control coach at Auburn from 2010 to 2011. He followed Gus Malzahn to Arkansas State in 2012 where he was the running back coach and then became co-offensive coordinator and running back coach in 2013. He went to Boise State in 2014 to become the tight end coach and then was promoted in 2015 at Boise State as the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. In 2016 through 2018, he was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at North Carolina State. And then in 2019, he was the head coach at Appalachian State. That year at Appalachian State, he went 12-1 and led the Mountaineers to the New Orleans Bowl. Then Missouri came calling. He's been at Missouri since the 2020 season, 5-5 that year, and that was a COVID year where they all played SEC schools. And then he went 6-7 last season at Missouri and went to the Armed Forces Bowl. Eli Drinkwitz is no stranger to a golf course, and he's no stranger to a football field either. He talks in our interview about how he met Gus Malzahn, and it's kind of an interesting story when you think about it. Here is a ball boy talking to a coach, and they just happen to form a bond. Eli is not a guy that's going to be quiet or reserved. He's going to tell you how he feels at any time, and he rolls with the punches. So I think you're going to enjoy my sit-down with Eli Drinkwitz, the head coach of the University of Missouri Tigers. They've got a tough schedule ahead of them this year. They open at home against Louisiana Tech and then are on the road at Kansas State. Their first SEC game is on the road at Auburn this year. 
They host Georgia off of their defending national championship. They're on the road at Florida. They host Vanderbilt and then on the road against South Carolina. They host Kentucky, and then they're back on the road against Tennessee before finishing up with two home games, New Mexico State on November the 19th and the Arkansas Razorbacks on November the 25th in the battle line rivalry. It was fun to sit down with Eli Drinkwitz, and I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. We will have it for you in a little bit. I want to tell you a little more about why I go to college football coaches and get them to talk golf. When I thought about this podcast, I wanted it to be a podcast that will bring you, the listener, people that like the game of golf from different walks of life. We just had Anna Kate Nichols on, a junior golfer in the state of Arkansas who ended up winning the match play in our last episode. So you're getting a perspective of a young junior girl growing with the game of golf. And now we're transitioning to a head football coach who's making millions of dollars to run a football program, but also finds time and enjoys going and playing in scrambles, which entail become part of being a head football coach at some of the top universities in the country. You better learn how to play some golf. And so I thought it would be interesting in starting this podcast to bring on some football coaches. Houston Nutt, was in episode four, former Arkansas and Ole Miss head football coach. Gus Malzahn spent a weekend last summer with him. We got two episodes out of him. Basketball coaches, Porter Mosier, Mike Neighbors at Arkansas, even former Hog national champion Nolan Richardson has been on from the short grass. And there is more to come. I recently sat down with Berkeley Turner, the nine-year-old from Central Arkansas who went to the Drive, Chip, and Putt National Championships at Augusta National, won the putting competition, finished second in her division, and is looking to get back. And you will not want to miss her interview coming up in a future episode. Speaking of people that you wouldn't think really play the game of golf, last year I sat down with Grant Morgan, an Arkansas linebacker, who enjoys the game of golf. There's another Arkansas player this year that I'm looking to sit down with. I don't want to give it away yet, but I will tell you that speaking of Eli Drinkwitz, who is this week's guest, I did have a chance to sit down with Missouri wide receiver Barrett Bannister, who's from Fayetteville, Arkansas, was a Purple Dog. He's a graduate senior at Missouri now, and he played – in the Arkansas Amateur this year at Hartscrabble Country Club that was won by Connor Gaunt from Cabot, who is now a member of the LSU golf team. Barrett Bannister has a great story, and that will come up in a future episode as well. I want to tell you about our good friends at Blackman Auctions. Thomas Blackman, the job they do. Hey, go to their website, blackmanauctions.com. All of their upcoming auctions are listed right there on their website. They know auctions. That's all they do. Auctions, auctions, auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Find them on the web at blackmanauctions.com. We're back with Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz 
after the break. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square District of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The other day I was visiting with Trey and he talked about goose poop and iguana poop and a golf ball and if you hit the poop or the iguana or the goose, can you move the ball or the poop or something like that. Listening to him talk about poop and golf balls with such passion made me realize how much he knows about golf and how little I did. Once again, Trey really knows golf. I really know auctions. For the last 84 years, better auctions have been Blackman Auctions. At Stevens, our philosophy is to invest every dollar as if it were our own. To seize opportunity. To anticipate rather than react. To deliver constant focus in an ever-changing world. And to pursue the objectives of our clients in order to help them reach their financial goals. A proven history of helping companies and individuals. Stevens, member NYSE SIPC. Welcome back to this edition of From the Shortgrass. I am your host, Trey Schapp. Last week, I traveled to Atlanta, Georgia for the SEC Football Media Days, and while I was there, I was able to talk a little golf with some of the participants of Football Media Days. And the one head coach I had a chance to sit down and talk to was Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz. Eli gets to play in scrambles. Is he a good golfer? Well, you're about to find out, and you're also going to find out who he would pick to be in his fantasy foursome and one person he might have to leave out. On the tee, Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz. Coach Eli Drinkwitz, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. We're going to talk a little football. We're going to talk a little golf, too. Perfect. I love both of those. Yeah? What do you love more? Uh, football only golf because I have to because of football. When did you first pick up a golf club? Oh, uh, in high school, dad had an old set of garage club or go- uh, garage sale golf clubs. Uh, in Alma, there's a little uh, uh, course in Dyer that we would go play at. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was originally nine holes. It's now 18 holes. But uh, yeah. is, that, is that that course at Eagle Mountain? No, it's not Eagle Crest. Eagle Crest. Eagle is, Crest. That's Eagle it. Crest is for like the the rich people in town. Okay, there's a place in Dyer, and I wish I think I could think of the name of it, man. But that's that's where that's where Eli Drinkwitz and his buddies went and played. Well, but now it's about six dollars. I mean, it's probably nine dollars. But now that you're the head coach at Missouri, I mean, you're making money. You can go play almost anywhere. Yeah, I'd probably go back to Dyer and play. <laughs> I mean, I like playing on an ice course, uh, but um, you know, I only play really because of the job. Yeah, uh, for golf or for for booster events or around with maybe a, a booster or something like that. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I, I read I prefer scrambles. Yeah, you like the scrambles. I do. You rely on other people in scrambles. Uh, teamwork, man. That's what football is all about. It's teamwork. When you were in high school, did mm-hmm. you ever think about maybe trying out for the Airedale golf team? I don't think we had a golf team. Uh, I mean, I don't. Come on, that wasn't that long ago. You were in you high know, school. Uh, you're right. We did have a golf team. Doug Bowen played golf. I remember that now. Uh, no, I was literally. I mean, I, I 
I don't even have a full set of clubs. Like I, I was playing right now. You don't have a full set of clubs. No, I don't. I, don't, I have a I have a, a wedge and a putter and a driver and then a, a four iron through a pitching wedge and that's it. I don't have a three wood. I don't have a rescue club. I don't have any of that stuff. You don't need to be playing against Barrett Bannister. I know that. I've played with Barrett once. Yeah, he whips me pretty good. He's pretty good. That's why I said I'm, I'm better at scrambles. <laughs> I mean, bro, I'm pretty good with the wedge, the nine. I can putt. I'm, yeah. I'm not terrible off the tee. Yeah. Uh, anything six iron and above is real struggle for me. So the scrambles, is that like Missouri Tiger Club events and things yeah. like that that yeah. you play in? Yeah. Yep. Are those fun? I like them. I enjoy them. I'm a people person, so getting out on the golf course with people that care about um, – you know, Mizzou football and being able to shoot the crap. And I've been known to enjoy a nice cigar on around the golf. So, yeah, that didn't bother me all that much. Yeah. Now, you and Gus are really good friends. Gus yeah. Malzahn, head coach at UCF right now. You guys were on the same high school staff. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. You know what? We actually got to meet in the 1998 All-Star game down at Conway. I was the ball boy for Coach Vines, who was the head coach. And Gus was the offensive coordinator. I was going into 10th grade. And, uh, um, yeah, I just got an opportunity to meet with the coach there and, and uh, got a chance to go be a uh, do my student internship there uh, in Springdale with him and coached with him for a full year. And then um, uh, in 2010, got a chance to go GA at Auburn, was with him for three seasons. And our relationship's really grown more in the last, you know, eight years since I left. And um, just, you know, he means a lot to me. Pretty good golf courses in Auburn. You know, I uh, only remember. But being a GA, you probably didn't get much time to play there, huh? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know that I ever played around a golf and all. No, that's not right. We lived at the uh, Greens at Auburn, and uh, I played that golf course. Yeah. Gus had a real good relationship with Jason Duffner. He did. Yes. Did Duff ever come around practice? Did you ever talk to him? Duff spoke to the team. Uh, yeah, Duff spoke to the team, and and uh, I think it may have been eleven when he either. Got beaten a playoff for the PGA Championship, and that was when the first time he kind of came around. And then, you know, Gus uh, benefited from some tickets to the Masters that following year, type thing. I uh, never got to, got in on that one. <laughs> you did. You got, got left I, out. I got left out on that. One. Yeah. yeah, Duffner won the PGA too, and I and Gus was telling me last year when we sat down um, in Orlando that uh, he went to the uh, British Open one year with Jason Duffner, and oh, really? it was at the old course. Oh, wow. And they were hanging out around the driving range, and Tiger Woods comes over and starts talking to him. Really? Yeah, so he goes back to the to the hotel that night. They were staying at the, the uh, Road Hole Hotel, the old yeah. course hotel. And uh, he said, Christy, Tiger Woods knows who I am. <laughs> they were talking about the kick six and everything, and Christy's like, big deal, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Christy. Always keeping him humble, you know. That's uh, that's her job. Would your wife do that? Um, yeah, no, no. She would be impressed if Tiger Woods knew who I was, which is clearly not not the case right now. Not yet, anyway. Well, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. Speaking of a long way to go, what what does Missouri football need to do this year? Well, we got to win more consistently. Um, obviously, we went to back-to-back uh, -back bowl games in the first two seasons. Uh, feel like we're we're moving in the right direction but obviously you want results faster um and and, and got to stay competitive in some of these games you know we we've we've proven that when we're in games late we'll find a way to win but uh you know uh, I, I think specifically obviously tennessee texas a&m um, arkansas you know just did not finish the way we needed to finish in the third and fourth quarters 
What is it about the SEC that makes it so difficult? <laughs> everybody's good. Everybody's got great coaches. Everybody's got great players. Um, the margin for error is so small, and if you make a misstep, you're going to get embarrassed. You're not just going to get beat. You're going to get embarrassed. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's tough living for sure. What did you learn at App State that prepared you for the SEC or – could anything prepare you for what you place? It's just it's going places. Um, whether or not it's bad or not, I don't I don't know. I, th I think um, we just have to define what we want it to be moving forward. I think the issue that we have right now is there is no definition of what the future of college athletics, specifically college football, is. Um, and until we get that, it's going to continue to rapidly accelerate to, to things that we're either really uncomfortable with or not. I don't, I don't know. Would, um, would that be uniformity across the entire landscape? Of college football? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have – well, yeah, you, you need some sort of uni uniformity. There's got to be a level playing field. I mean, that's what the purpose of rules are. Otherwise, you're going to have uh, – there's not a professional sports league or a sports league out there that is unregulated. And then there's probably not another one that is um, um, outsourcing the, their compensation for their players to third parties, which is what NIL is doing. You know, I mean, so – these conferences and universities are generating large sums of money through TV contracts, but then are utilizing it in a different way. I do realize that we're compensating them in some sort through um, academics and services and all that. But it, you know, there's got to be uh, there's got to be a formula moving forward. What it is, I don't know. Sure. Back to golf real quick. Uh, when this player is on TV, Eli Drinkwitz has to watch Phil Mickelson. Yeah, I love watching Phil play. Um, I think he's he, he's uh, exciting to watch. He's fun. He's having a good time. Um, yeah, so I, I I love watching him play. Do you get to watch much, or are you always watching football film? No, I get to watch in the summer. I mean, that's the beauty of it. They play in the summer when we're kind of slowed down. Um, I specifically have spring practice in a, in a manner that allowed me to go to the Masters this year. Um, so uh, we get done with spring practice. So the funny story about that is when I was at NC State, we had I had somebody call and offer me a ticket to the Masters on a Friday. Yeah. But I had to, it was on Thursday, and I had to come down for that Friday, and I couldn't because we had spring practice. So I said to myself, if I'm ever a head coach, I'm going to make sure that I can go to the Masters and not have spring practice. And so it happened for me this year. I uh, got a chance to go down to the Wednesday um, practice round, watch the par three, and it was, uh, it was glorious. Have you ever played Augusta? No, no, I have not played Augusta, um, but I think I will someday. Well, that guy you talk about that's a good friend of yours who texted you earlier today. He plays. He's, yeah. he's played it several times. Yeah, he, so when I went and saw him, um, I went and saw him in May, uh, him and Christy, and uh, he was going like maybe the next 48 hours to go play Augusta. I'm just like, man, what a life you live. <laughs> um, you talk about Augusta. What, what makes it so special? It's like Disneyland for adults, man. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Um, I will say the greens are more elevated, and that place is more elevated than what it looks like on TV. It's it's very, uh, I wouldn't say hills. That's not the right word, but elevated. The greens are definitely uh, hard to land on top of. You know, I've, I've, I've seen that. 
Uh, I played Pinehurst number two when I was at NC State, which is a totally different style of course, but it does have elevated greens and right. to land on also. And then, man, I tell you what, in Boone, North Carolina, there's unbelievable golf. Um, Grandfather Mountain, Diamond Creek is at a very exclusive club uh, in the hills of the Appalachian Mountains. Elk River, um, I mean, there are some really cool, I mean, not even cool, just unbelievable golf courses up there. And so had a chance to experience some really um, – unique golf in my life best course you've ever played ever played ever played yeah it I, could be anywhere yeah i would probably say diamond creek um but there's also a golf course in coeur idaho that has a floating green and i've played that and it was that was really an incredible sight too because you just had the lake but either diamond creek but it's in the mountains or coeur right on the lake those two would be the most breathtaking that's, I believe it's the 14th hole there where you have to use a boat use to a get boat. to the green. Yeah. Yep. It's incredible. Did you knock it on the green? Well. How I'm, many balls did you rinse on that hole? I'm not going to say, but I, I I had to take a boat to the green. <laughs> Everybody has to take a boat well, to the green. Coach, I mean, was go. that a scramble? No. It was me and somebody else just got a chance to play it. Don't tell my boss at the time. I was supposed to be on the road recruiting <laughs> and uh, maybe got done a little early and had it made a 2 o'clock tea time. Aside from Augusta, is there a course you haven't played you want to play? Oh, I think I got to go to Pebble Beach, right? I mean, I think you got to experience that. Um, but uh, I'm not a golf snob, you know. So if somebody tells me that we're going to go play a nice course and it, I go out there and it's cool, man, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. So, yeah, I'm not a golf snob. I'll go play anywhere that somebody else is paying. You can have a fantasy foursome, you and three others, living or deceased. Who do you want to play with? Well, I, I mean, it's going to be hard-pressed not to say Jesus, but you got to question whether or not you're going to be able to cuss, you know, or <laughs> smoke a cigar. So I think that's going to be a tough tough conversation, you know. Is it a, is it a religious round where I'm trying to get in, re-in-touched and re-established re with my spiritual self, or am I out there relaxing, cutting it up, uh, you know. So I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I, I think playing with Tiger and Phil would be maybe the most unbelievable experience that you could have. Um and Charles Barkley. Wow. That would be a group right there. I mean, really what piqued my interest was the match. You know, yeah. watching those guys play, you're just like, that That was awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. But, uh, the cussing, you cuss on the course? <laughs> I try not to. Yeah. It you? just happens. Do you? Uh, there have been some times when I've probably mumbled something under my breath. Once or twice. It happens. And then you apologize for it. Yeah. Yep. Coach, Missouri football this year will be successful if? We improve on defense, um, play explosively offensively, um, and really come together and form uh, us, form an us team. Thanks so much for your time. Appreciate you. With all the decisions you need to make about what to do in El Dorado, finding a place to stay is an easy one. The Haywood is uniquely positioned to make your stay one to treasure. Located in the historic Union Square district of El Dorado, the Haywood offers luxurious accommodations that feature contemporary, colorful rooms with high-quality bedding. Comfortable baths with walk-in showers and a spacious workspace with stylish plantation shutters that are unique additions to the stunning decor in a non-smoking environment. Make the Haywood your home away from home the next time you visit El Dorado.
This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. You all know by now I'm not a good golfer, but my son loves the game and he and I have been playing more. I've got my score down to I've quit playing a scramble on every hole. I'm using the bunker rake much less than I used to, and a lot of the time I hit my drives past the women's tee box. All of my success in golf can directly be tied to me listening to From the Short Grass. Without it, I would not be the golfer I am today. Trey, you owe me 20 bucks for that. Trey knows golf. I know auctions. Come see us at BlackmanAuctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. I am Trey Shap. BPHotels.com, Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Find them on the web at BPHotels.com. Matthew Allen, Blair Allen, they know everything about managing hotel properties. Their hotel properties are going to be the best you stay in around the state. BPHotels.com. It's now time for our rule segment. On the T, PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam, this question comes in from Ethan and Momel. He asks, I noticed when watching the U.S. Open, some golfers had metal spikes in their shoes. I thought all courses required non-metal spikes. Is there a rule for this? No. <laughs> Simple <laughs> answer. Um, you know, a, a golf course can determine whatever it wants. I mean, it's pretty much accepted now. I mean, I don't think you can buy a pair of shoes that have metal spikes in well, them. Well, then how can these players get them? Well, they, they tend to get things on the PGA Tour, they get whatever they want. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I, for example, uh, I, I, Austin Cook here here in Jonesboro uh, doesn't wear metal spikes. Um, but when he played in the Open Championship at Carnoustie, he wore metal spikes. Um, you know, you get a really firm, tight, you know, conditions, and you can lose your footing pretty easily. Um, there, There's no rule. The PGA Tour never – adopted a rule that that stopped players from wearing metal spikes um golf courses can have those rules um and I, i've said since the rules changed since we can tap spike marks down can we go back to metal spikes because right. i liked them a lot better yeah why not um and i still have plenty of FootJoy classic golf shoes here that i can pull the soft spikes out of and put metal in if i and, want to and does it not help with aeration of no, a course no they're because not, they, they don't, don't go, go deep, deep enough, enough. no that's kind of one of those things people always said. Oh well, you know, it helps aerate the greens. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it tears up the plant, the plant itself. It, don't, it doesn't get down to the roots or into the soil. So, uh, you know, it's just been an accepted thing. I think since, you know, I think the the, the non metal spike thing started about 1995. Now it's you know pretty much. I mean, we're we're 27 years on now. Um, I can remember in 2000, the vast majority of tour players were still wearing metal spikes because um, they wore them their whole life. And I think that the tour probably just kind of figured through attrition with these younger players coming into playing golf that, you know, they're going to grow up wearing non-metal spike shoes and, and eventually, you know, we won't have anyone wearing metal spikes. But the the, the tour never prohibited it. Um, I would tell you any golf course that wants to host a tour event is doesn't matter what the club rules are. They're going to have to allow metal spikes. What about a major like a U.S. Open or uh, a PGA Championship, even the Open Championship? Are they allowed to wear metal spikes if they want? Yeah, or, absolutely. Like in the day we called them nails. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I th- I think uh, I think I remember watching Tiger play. At 
PGA Championship, maybe. I think I heard him walk across the cart path, and I heard clacking. He had metal on. Um, yeah, uh, certain players still wear them. I mean, sometimes they'll wear them in certain conditions. Um, you know, like I said, I remember Austin bringing that pair of shoes back, showing them to me, going, you ever think you'd see these again? <laughs> it was like the first time he'd ever worn metal spikes. He'd never worn them before, ever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... Uh, but he saw the benefit immediately to it playing Carnoustie that week. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things that you're you're gonna have tour players still wearing metal spikes. It's no different than saying, well, you know, why are you playing this blade iron when you got all these clubs out here that are so much more forgiving? You can hit them straighter because they want the feel and they be able to move the golf ball. It's you know, it's not against the rules to play something that's old school. Right. You know, can I still use a persimmon driver? Yeah, it still conforms to as the As long as it conforms to the rules. So, you know, it's just one of those things that tour players in certain conditions will, will wear metal spikes. I mean, I would tell you, you know, when they're back at their home club and they're they're playing golf, they're, if the club rule is, hey, no metal spikes, they're not wearing metal spikes. What if Tiger Woods comes up and says, I want to play around, but I've only got nails? You know. And I'm the head golf professional. Okay. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's <laughs> got to complain, right? Yeah. I somebody mean, will, that, but you just say, "Hey, matter. look, that was Tiger Woods." Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's like, well, if Tiger can wear spikes on our course, I can too. Uh, <laughs> you know. Okay. Yeah. Everybody got to watch Tiger Woods play our golf course today, and you're you're the one guy that's upset because we don't allow metal spikes, and you want to, you know. <laughs> you, there might be one reason I'm retired now. There's all- <laughs> There's always someone, right? There's always someone. Uh, it's a great question, though, Ethan. Thanks uh, for that. And if you have a question on the rules of golf, send us an email, from the shortgrass at gmail.com. That will do it for this edition of From the Short Grass. Thanks for listening, as always. And remember, if you're going to be out playing in the heat that is upon us right now, make sure you are hydrating. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Water, water energy drinks, water, 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 water. And also remember, when you find a ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you soon from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.